went to the woods because I wanted to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach, and not when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. My name is Nigel McGuinness and this is my unconventional life. It's a podcast, it's a journal, and in a way it's kind of a personal ad. But most of all, it's about navigating the treacherous waters of love, sex and relationships in 2016. Sponsored by nobody right now. Every week I detail my own journey and discuss my own untraditional views and aspirations in that world. Whatever the topic, whoever the guest, it all comes back to one question. How do we best find and express love in 2016? Well, welcome to week two of my unconventional life. Actually, it's probably about week 17,000, given my age. But it's week two of the podcast, so that's good enough for me. Been an interesting week. One of my prospective parenting partners, the one currently out in Germany, actually is interested in having a round of IVF this summer, not just discussing it. Um, she told me a little bit about it uh, via email. There's a new system called Mini IVF, which uses a lot less drugs than traditional IVF. It's a lot more stress. Excuse me, is a lot less stress on the body and it's cheaper. So it's definitely a possibility and they say that uh, there's as much success doing mini IVF for people of that sort of age, uh, seeing as he's uh, in her very early 40s right now. My other parenting partner has been as busy as ever. Uh, we haven't talked too much, but we've both been kind of busy to be honest with you. But I responded to the other parenting partner in Germany. I wish I could call them by their name, but I don't have clearance yet to mention them publicly. But I wrote her an email and uh, sort of went into great detail about my concerns about moving forward this summer. Uh, all the things that were kind of on my mind in how we hadn't really discussed a lot of the options of where we'd live and how we'd raise the child, uh, you know, contrary to what I had talked to the other parenting partner about. And a good portion of it really is, again, just a question of, for me, I want to spend a lot of time with somebody before I have a kid with them, you know, at least three to six months and not at your best, you know, a couple of times a week, but at your worst when you're tired and you haven't slept and, you know, your kid's crying and nagging and whatever else and you've got trouble at work. That's when I want to see him and that's when I want to know how we're going to get along in that sort of situation. It's just, unfortunately, we don't really have the time to do that. So... The question becomes, is it worth sort of moving forward without due diligence? I don't know. She did say fortune favours the bold. And so maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I was going to read out portions of what I wrote. But to be perfectly honest with you, it's a little bit too into detail. and mentions too many personal details. So I'll just leave it like that. I was contacted by a lady from a documentary crew for Channel 4 in the UK who were interested in doing a documentary on parenting partnerships. 
and uh, my prospective co-parenting partner in Germany that I've just talked about. Man, I really need a name for her, huh? <laughs> uh, put them in touch with me. So we've been emailing back and forth and looks like they might move forward and uh, cover us. So it'll be interesting. Stay tuned. I will keep you abreast of the situation. Um, I've also got a potential reality show pitch here in Los Angeles. Talked to one of my friends within SPLA and they seem to think there was legs for it. You know, a guy who wants to be a dad and wants to be a parenting partner and wants to have a very integral part of raising his child but doesn't want a traditional sexual relationship to do it in. So kind of interesting. Uh, I went to an SPLA play party, um, which is, you know, it's, <laughs> it was kind of cool. You know, it was kind of interesting. Everyone was kind and friendly and had a good time. I had a great chat to a lot of different people there. A real spectrum of different types of people, you know, young and old and all different shapes and sizes, creeds and colors, but all sort of all connected by the notion that you know, whatever went, as long as it was consensual and within people's boundaries, was was fine. So it was kind of cool, you know. Didn't get involved with any of the playing. Um, just didn't really seem to be my thing. You know, I was perfectly okay with it going on and around. And, um, you know, good for them. And uh, everyone seemed to have a good time. And, uh, you know, it, it was just good. I was glad I went. I'm going to do more of them. I think it's good for me to sort of expand my horizons. And you, whether you get involved or not, it's just good to stop having so many hang-ups about it. It's just sex. It really, that's all it should be. It should be just sex and you shouldn't have to worry about it so much, you know. As long as it's consensual, as long as it's kind and it's positive, then, you know, it should be fine. My throat is still a little bit sore. Uh, I don't know if you can hear from this, but uh, I've had it for the last six months. It's come on and off from acid reflux that has come all the way up to my throat. So I have to be careful. And the more of these monologues I do, the more of the interviews I do, the sore my throat gets. So I'm going to have to be careful with it. But um, for the time being, I will carry on, soldier on anyway. Oh, I had a potential match on one of the co-parenting websites, which was interesting modamly.com. I get these emails, they send them through uh, maybe once or twice a week saying, oh, you've got a potential partner match. And so you look at it, but um, unfortunately, you have to sign up for $39.99 a month to just to read it, which I get it. I understand it's not a free service and arguably there aren't that many people on it so they've got to charge enough to kind of make it worth their while but for me $40 a month is quite a high fee and a lot of people just aren't going to pay it and I think that's just the truth and the fact of the matter and you can certainly make an argument and say well look if you're not willing to pay $40 a month to meet someone to have a kid with then maybe you shouldn't be doing it because you're not taking it seriously enough but I, I don't know really I'm of the mindset that you know, we should try and encourage this. We should give people other options. And for a lot of people, an extra 40 bucks a month just isn't, isn't, isn't within their budget. And on top of that, you know, it's, it's very difficult because if you do sign up just to read one email and you don't like that person and then there's nothing else more on there, I mean, that's the reality is that there's just not that many people on these websites right now. 
And until that changes, until there really are as many people doing this or interested in this as there are in traditional online dating, it's going to be very difficult. But that's why I'm talking about it. That's why I'm sort of saying this is what I want. And, you know, maybe other people have thought about it and just didn't think it was possible. Didn't think there was anybody else that felt the same way. But hopefully this and other sort of forums within the parenting partnership movement will encourage people. Not to say that traditional relationships or the secular family is uh, wrong. It's just whatever works for you, you know. Um, Water finds its own level and this is the sort of level that I'm thinking at right now. So nonetheless, it's been an okay week. I've got a lot to be thankful for and um, there you go. The interview this week is with Goddess. Obviously, she wasn't born goddess, and that's what they call her within the sex-positive Los Angeles community. But as you'll find out from this interview, um, she doesn't feel comfortable being out um, and named in a public forum. And when you listen to this interview, you'll kind of understand why. She's a wonderful woman, and she's on the journey, on the journey like we all are. And I've learned a lot from the limited amount of time that I've got to know her through SPLA. She's wonderful. She's experienced. Um, and, uh, well, have a listen to Goddess. So here we are. It's a bit of an overcast day here in Los Angeles. And I am here. And we're doing this incognito. You'll have to forgive us if you do hear people in the background. It's because we are in the middle of an apartment complex and we are doing this, as I said, incognito. So my friend, goddess, as uh, some people know you, talk to me a little bit about why we are doing this incognito as opposed to just being totally open about who you are in terms of non-monogamy, etc. Right. Hi, Nigel. Thanks for having me. Well, I think the biggest thing is because I have two young children right. and their father, my ex-husband, uh, has no idea about my dating life and like, like to keep it that way, just to keep the peace. We don't see eye to eye on many levels, whether it's religion, raising children, family life and all that. Hence, that's why we're exes. <laughs> So, so that's the main reason. It's yeah. just, you know, my children don't need to know and the ex doesn't need to be aggravated. Right. And it makes yeah. a lot of sense. And I think I was watching a documentary about Mahatma Gandhi and how he really stood up for his beliefs and really suffered a lot. Right. And the same thing, I think, if you think of other like famous politicians or other famous mm -hmm. world figures and you think, wow, you know, they were, they, they suffered the indignation of being judged by people, but you don't understand what their families Right. Had to suffer because of it. And arguably their children didn't have any choice in the matter, you know. And so it's right. it's an interesting thing when you're talking about this sort mm -hmm. of topic. It's very easy for me as a single male to say, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to be open about who I am. And, you know, if you want to judge me, judge me. But that's because there's no one specifically that is going to be affected by that, you know, necessarily. So... I understand exactly where you're coming from, for sure. Right, and use the word suffering. And I would suffer for my children. I would suffer for certain causes. But non-monogamy is, is a lifestyle choice. Mm. And I don't want to suffer for that. I want to have fun. Right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So let me, I mean, let me ask you, what was the first time that you thought about other lifestyle choices beyond the traditional monogamous romantic norm? I think you mentioned like a conversation you had with one of your daughters. Right, I was still married. They were quite quite young, probably two or three years old. Uh -huh. And the little one asked if she fell in love with a boy or a girl, if she fell in love with a girl, can she marry a girl? I'm like, well, 
totally, I don't see anything wrong with that. And a year later, she's like, well, what if I fell in love with more than one person? Can I marry the both of them? Can I be with both of them if I really love them? And I thought, logically, the... I don't see a reason why not. And I just found myself really surprised because I came from a very vanilla monogamous upbringing and my marriage, I was always faithful. We were both faithful. That was never an option. So I was really surprised at my answer to her. I just couldn't find it in myself to, to say, no, you can't. I couldn't find a reason why not. But that wasn't the impetus. I mean, that was the first inkling. I mean, it was the was... first inkling. And towards the end of our marriage, through the last few years, it, it became a sexless marriage. It became a very, like, we were just doing it for the right. kids. And I was in my mid-30s, and I knew very well I was about to head into my sexual prime. And I thought, oh, no, I'm not going to head into my <laughs> sexual prime not having sex. <laughs> so I knew that I knew I was going to be faithful because that was my agreement. Yeah. In the marriage. So I knew that as soon as I got a divorce and out the door, I was just going to explore. And I didn't know what that meant. I just knew that I wasn't going to hold back. I was going to read books. I was going to make friends, attend meetups, ask questions, and go from there. So I had no clue about the non-monogamous world. I didn't know there was all you people out there. Right. Wow. And obviously being in a city like Los Angeles Mm -hmm. is certainly helpful. I mean, if you lived in like Wichita, Kansas. I mean, I've been to Wichita, Kansas. I don't know what it's like, to be honest with you. (laughs) Don't judge me if you live there. Um, But you would imagine a big, you know, cosmopolitan city like Los Angeles is much easier to meet people who from every different spectrum of lifestyle choice in the world, right? Now, I remember before you mentioned to me that you were sapiosexual. Sapiosexual. Sapiosexual, yes. Right. yes. Right. English pronunciation. So explain that again, exactly what that means to you. Well, you know how people tend to be attracted to a certain type of gender, whether they're heterosexual or bisexual right. or homosexual. Sapiosexual to me is I, when I connect with someone on an intellectual level, and it doesn't mean you have to have a PhD, it's just if we connect in our minds a certain way. I find that incredibly attractive. I find that right. sexually stimulating gotcha. as opposed to just being attracted to you physically. So there has to be that layer. For me, that's that's a turn on as opposed to just something physical, something visual. Gotcha. And, and I, I totally understand. That. And I think that actually most people, to a certain extent, that is certainly you can meet someone and their personality makes them way more attractive. Mm-hmm. But for me, sometimes I, I, I'll meet people and I'll go, really nice, great, really, really have great rapport. Yeah. But just not really physically attracted to them and for me if that if that initial physical attraction right. isn't there it's never coming because i love their personality or whatever else yeah but so that's I'm, different for you well so i'm the same way oh. in that you could be totally physically attractive but if i don't have that mental connection that mm. intellectual connection it'll never get to a sexual attraction for me. Gotcha. But what happens mm-hmm. if you don't have that physical connection or attraction? Can it come? Oh, absolutely. Ah. Because if the sapio is there, if ah. the mental intellectual attraction is there, right? Um, I could slowly find you incredibly physically attractive because of that. Hmm. So it starts with the mind for me and then the physical comes. Whereas I think you're saying for you, the physical comes first and then the personality and the mind 
can follow after that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know, it's perhaps a failing of mine. I don't know that some people could will consider it perhaps uh, superficial. I don't think so. I think no? you like what you like. I think we're too judgmental on right. the visual and the quote-unquote superficial when I think you have to be true to yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong with liking what you like. Yeah. You can't force it. No, that's yeah. it. No, whether we, you talk about love and trying to restrain it within certain relationships mm-hmm. or just you know physical attractiveness. And as you said, you've got to be your authentic self, right? Right. Absolutely. So obviously, you know, my goal is to be a parent. Yes. Uh, and how Yay. to be a parent with a parenting <laughs> partner. Yes. That's um, exciting. I did. I looked up my list, actually. You'll have to listen to, to my first podcast that I did. I've okay. got them all listed out. But <laughs> one of them is to be in an ideal world with a, a non-monogamous partner. So talking yourself as a poly parent, mm-hmm. albeit not in an open situation, do you think that I'm wrong for doing this? Do you think I'm going to face certain difficulties? Um, and let me ask you this. Mm. I'm coming at this from this is the ideal situation for me whereas mm-hmm. you're doing it coming from a situation of, of arguably a failed traditional right. romantic marriage right right what differences do you think are inherent in doing it my way well i think first of all the way you're choosing and i'm not saying your way but the the fact that you get to choose and design your own lifestyle i think we're moving towards that trend in, as opposed to where I came from, well, you're supposed to grow up and fall for someone and have a fairy tale wedding and live happily ever after. That's what we're being fed. That's what we were raised to. And so I feel like I defaulted into that. It wasn't so much a totally aware, conscious choice on my part. No regrets on that. But having said that, I, I think as we move forward as a people, as society, I think your way of doing things will be more and more acceptable and attractive. Yeah. Because you, it's it's like sky's the limit, right? When we're little kids, we're told, be whatever you want. You can become whoever you want. Well, that should include our lifestyle. All right. Right? So whether you face difficulty, I think in any type of relationship, especially becoming parents, you're going to have difficulty. You're going to have challenges. So you, if you're going to have challenges, challenges anyway might as well go for what you specifically want right so if you know that that's what's going to make you happy you have every right to go for it sure and i certainly get that but do you Mm -hmm. think that i'm going to be limited by the number of potential options there are going to be well being in los angeles i hear that people are limited anyway and i think that's just your attitude (laughs) yeah because i mean how many baby mamas do you want you don't need 10 or 20 you just need one so the odds are in your favor i think yeah yeah Okay, well, that's that's good to know. So do you think that polyamory will ever be like mainstream in our lifetime or, or parenting partnerships will ever be mainstream? I, mean, I think it has to be. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of societies out there outside the Western culture where you involve the whole family. It takes a whole village to raise your child. Right, yeah. And I think more and more us Westerners have to realize that we need that. The nuclear family is not enough to raise a child. It's exhausting. Hmm. You know, you have both parents working full-time jobs and you have nannies raising them or not you need a village and if that includes other lovers other partners then the more the better now i remember talking to you before and you know without going into too many details about like your journey within the poly community 
I think a lot of people, when they first get involved, mm. they sort of jump in with both feet, you know, and they go to all the parties, they read the mm. books, and then at some point they sort of find their own sort mm. of niche. And I remember talking to you and saying that, you know, you were sort of trying to limit yourself and, and almost find like a more of a serious boyfriend, someone that you could actually introduce to the family and, and be a bigger part of your life. Is that something you're still following, pursuing, or...? Where are you standing right now? Well, initially, I was just dating freely just to see what's out there, see what resonated with me. And I wasn't looking for anything serious for a really long time. Part mm. of it is because I was still healing from the marriage. And right. I knew I wanted to be with myself enough. Because having been married most of my adult life, I needed to figure out who I was. But at the same time, I wanted to have fun. So I dated a lot. And now I feel like I am more open to finding a more steady boyfriend, perhaps right. someone that I can bring to my yeah. friends or family or possibly even introducing to my girls. So I'm more open to that. But right. when I was exploring, I was very careful not to bring anyone home because you never know where your exploration lands. And right. I didn't want my daughters to be entangled in, in any possible drama if there were to oh, be smart. drama. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very smart, you know. So it would be someone that would be poly though. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Someone that I would consider a serious boyfriend would basically have the same outlook in life both completely mm. open and whatever that means to the both of us. Right, yeah. I mean, I, again, I did a podcast with another of my friends that still considers herself poly but is in a monogamous relationship now. That's possible. Because yeah. she feels that mm -hmm. he completely satisfies all her needs. Now, if that ever changes, mm -hmm. then they'll have a conversation and, you know, all good relationships are about communication. Right. Do you think you could ever see yourself being in a monogamous relationship? Maybe. I think having come from a marriage that did not work out, mm. I I understand the fallacy of making a decision, a relationship decision for 20, 30 years from now when you don't even know who you're going to become. Right. So I'm not as, I guess, narrow-minded or stubborn as I used to be. I'm a little bit more open-minded that what I want now may be what I want for the next year or two or even five. But beyond that, I can't promise anything. Yeah. Yeah, so, that makes sense. For yeah. sure. Do you think it's something that I need to do to sort of really do the same thing by jumping in with both feet? Because right now I've sort of been to a few meetups and, and I went to, to the one party, play party or whatever you want to call it, and uh, just you know, chatted to a few people but didn't get involved or whatever else. I mean, do you think I need to sort of try every avenue or should I just more stick with my gut? Because I don't know if I'm really a sort of group sex sort of guy. Mm -hmm. And, and again, I don't, you know, maybe that's because I just haven't explored myself that much in that sort of avenue. Do you think it's something I need well, I to do or not? I think what you need to do is whatever you find highly curious. Hmm. So if you're not super curious about the group sex, don't throw yourself into it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, you know, most people do it because they're very curious or it really turns uh. them on. And if it's, you know, it sounds like you're a lot more curious in terms of finding a partner to have a child with than anything else. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and also it's not just that I do enjoy sex, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's yeah. always come with so many sort of caveats for me, you know. Like when I was younger, all I ever mm -hmm. wanted to do was find one mm -hmm. girl and fall in love and get married and have kids. And right. I want to be able to say that if I hadn't had sex with a lot of people in my life, every time I did, it was something deep and meaningful, and we were in right. love and didn't really sort of work out. I'm now at the stage where I don't want 
sex to have to mean everything in terms of a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that I don't want it to mean nothing. Not dissimilarly to you, I don't want to have sex with someone that I don't feel a deep emotional connection to. So the idea of just meeting someone mm-hmm. and being attracted to them and having sex with them, it just it's just not really for me. You know, I think I'm a bit more, I really want to get to know someone, A, from a safety aspect, um, in terms of, you know, diseases and stuff, but also right. just from having that emotional connection to know that you're safe. Right. Absolutely. I, and I totally get that. And I think the more clear you are in terms of what you want and don't want, then, then that'll show up. Like, like for myself, the, even though I did a lot of self-discovery and I knew I was polyamorous and I knew I was open, mm. um, I still tend to date one at a time, mainly because of schedule and energy levels. But because of that, I was really open to dating vanilla monogamous men. And I keep on getting my heart broken (laughs) with them because at the, at the end of the day, we're very different. Right. And you could say, Oh, but if you are feeling it or if there's chemistry or if there's love, go for it. That's okay to a certain degree. But at the end of the day, after a few of those, I, I just, realize I just can't do it anymore. I can't do monogamous vanilla men anymore. It's just not, you know, and then a friend told me once before, stop dating outside of your species. And I think Reed Mahalko talks about that too. Like really, if you know what you are, date within your species. If you go out of that, you're really um, endangering your heart. (laughs) I guess just I'm so new to it, first of all. And, you know, it's already such a a limited sort of dating pool Mm -hmm. anyway. That you know, it's sometimes it's difficult to say I'm not going to even venture outside of that limited dating pool, and and also, I mean, you could have talked to me five years ago, and I wouldn't have had any clue that there were other options, and so part of me goes, maybe there are other people who feel the same way as me, but just mm-hmm. don't know it's a possibility, and by me being open about it, and again talking about this on a podcast, right. and, and being more putting this out into the universe, other people go, oh, you know what? felt that way myself for a long time but everyone told me I was crazy everyone told me you're never going to find somebody else who feels the same way as you and you know it's not true well you should have your contact info somewhere right so that the ladies that are listening to the podcast can contact (laughs) you and ask you out on a date yeah it's uh, pretty easy to find me on twitter or facebook he's very handsome in person ladies (laughs) give it a shot Well, well, thanks very much for taking the time. You're and, welcome. Uh, I appreciate the props. <laughs> and, uh, You're welcome. And uh, I'll keep you abreast of the situation. Absolutely. Let me know. I want to be keep posted. Any potential mothers and all that. All right. Yeah, no worries. Thank all you. Right. Cool. Thanks. Well, that's it. One week closer to six feet under. Thanks for listening and being part of the journey. Drop me a line if you think you or someone you know here in Los Angeles would be a good parenting partner for me. Before you go, though, you know the deal. Like, subscribe, comment, post a review, show some love. I'll be back next week. But if you want to know more before, then you can read my weekly blog at nigelwrestling.com forward slash blogs. You can buy my T-shirts there, book me for your event or a party, or just send me a nice message. Wherever you are, whoever you are, I hope you find kindness and love. Be happy. Mm